Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow. This is the happy hour. You guys going to happy hour? Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Yeah, I'll maybe I'll come for a couple. Here are your hosts, Nick Sainert. I want to know what it's like to commit a crime without having to spend time in jail. And Enrique Alvarez Clary. C is for chunk. Brought to you by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Happy Tuesday. Happy press conference Tuesday. Happy presser. It's been an exciting day. 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. Both those open for you guys. Um, Nick and Rico hanging out with you. What's up, Rico? Hello. How are we doing? Doing great. Anything exciting happening? Nope. Listen to uh, Matty Kubik and John Cook talk yes. volleyball. Matty Kubik says that Wisconsin's venue is a dungeon, and John Cook likes it. Disputes that because first off, <laughs> he coached there. Yeah. Uh, and, and secondly, he like he rattled th- off a list of things that he's been to yeah. at Wisconsin. He's like this happened. He's like I played basketball there. I coached there. There was like, a retro happened. basketball was, game there. It was yeah, pretty sweet. There was a concert. There was all this stuff. He goes, I like it. They've made some improvements, but I, I like it. And I'm just like, well, Matty. Yeah, he's like, he's like, we had to deal with the humidity there. We don't have to. Do Something, that about the, something about the wood and the court, and it yeah. didn't, it Super didn't mesh cold. well. Yeah, and Maddie's just like, yeah, it's like a dungeon. I don't, I don't really like it. <laughs> yeah, so it's dark at the top where everybody sits, so you can't really see anything. But uh, yeah, one v five. This is this is what they came to Nebraska yeah. for. That's that's what Maddie Kubik said. Is this is what they came to Nebraska to do? Is play these high leverage, high intensity matchups mm-hmm. with a team like Wisconsin, a one five matchup. Uh, not really to determine the Big Ten, because as John Cook said, even if they lose, they're still in first in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. But even then, it's still a massive matchup. They haven't beaten Wisconsin in quite some time. Um, granted, Wisconsin now doesn't have five-year seniors uh, on their team, but they still have a solid Dana squad. Recky. Dana Recky. And uh, yeah. I cannot remember their setter's name, but she was also a fifth year, and she was fantastic as well. But they still have the... Final Four uh, MVP Ojal on their team, so mm-hmm. we'll see what and happens. Shmeck. And Shmeck. and a Shmeck. Shmeck. S M R E K Shmeck. Yeah, so let's. Uh, I, I don't know. Like, let's hope. As Chase B says, let's hope Wisconsin's game is off. Um, I, I agree. 
with that one. Uh, but once again, 402-464-5685. Plenty of stuff to get to today. It is a Tuesday, so we got Sweet Things by Marcy coming up in the middle segment. We'll, uh, we have bread pudding and pumpkin cupcakes. We're in. I'm interested. I'm intrigued. So we will uh, we'll do that here in the middle segment. Uh, Casey Thompson had a really fascinating answer in response to Mickey Joseph and, and kind of what he's seen from the interim head coach in the last six weeks. So we'll hear from Casey. But first, let's go to the Honda Lincoln Hotline, where we got uh, a good friend of the show, John Squire, on the line. John, what's up, man? Hola, Happy senor. Tuesday. Hi, Nick. How are you, Rico? How are you guys doing today? Great. Living a life. That's awesome. Hey, before I ask my question, how fun is that softball show on Sunday night? <laughs> it was it was a blast. I had a, I had a good time with it. Yeah, those two are a hoot. I, that show's fun to fun to listen to. That's yes, hundred percent. Sure. Yeah. Hey, question. So, just looking at the roster that we have in the the depth chart at linebacker, and I know mm-hmm. they've lost a, a guy or two to injury, but how did we ever get so short at that position? It seems like I just can't remember a time where we had no depth or just hardly any bodies to put in that are ready to play. Yeah, that that's that position. That that's interesting, John. Um I, I never thought about it that way. Appreciate the Thanks, appreciate John. the call. Okay, so let's let's kind of think back to this because I, I, I don't know if it's necessarily a lack of depth. I, I would say a lack of production. A lack of production, a lack of, of experience at Nebraska. Because you have like Chris Kalarvich was brought in as a middle linebacker. They moved him to nickel, they're moving him back. Um, Reimer Henrich is gone for the year. You have your freshman in Ernest Hausman. Ed of Amalka Clements was a big get from the JUCO ranks when he committed. Um, and then after that, you have a bunch of guys who might have been here for a year or two or three, but just mm-hmm. haven't seen the field. I know you. Uh, I cannot remember his name. Seth Malcolm. Mal- Seth Malcolm. This is like his second year here, but he hasn't he hasn't seen the field. He was uh, an eight man. Eight man, right? Yeah, football out of out of Iowa, um, and that they they really liked his athleticism. They liked what he he brought to the position, but he's a guy that hasn't seen the field either. Um, and then it's just oh. it, there. There are some guys that they just moved over to the nickel spot, like Javen Wright. I mean, maybe he could be a middle linebacker, but they have him at the nickel spot due to his athleticism. Um, Isaac Gifford. I mean, his 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 brother was a middle linebacker. He might be able to play. He's a little a little smaller than maybe a middle linebacker you're looking for, especially in the Big Ten. But he's a guy that that would have the skills to do it. But again, you moved him over to that nickel spot, and I feel like that nickel is kind of a hybrid of of pass rush middle linebacker nickel corner type guy. Okay, so let's think about this just from the overall linebacker crew. Um, now you you have to remember that felt they lost Feldarius Payne to the transfer portal. Now now this is including outside linebacker in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have Caleb Tanner right now. You have you had Feldarius Payne last year. You also had uh, like I said, Chris Klarvik. Y- you would have hoped probably by now that two years into the program, a guy like Randolph Kapai might have been ready to play. Mm. Um, so I forgot about Randy. Ra- Ra- Randy Kapai is is one of those guys that just hasn't really panned out. Hasn't even sniffed the field quite yet uh, and, and and it's really outside or inside linebacker because i think we we talk about lack of production we're so used and accustomed to seeing luke reimer nick henrich and i suppose chris kalarvik be in there that when one of those guys or now in this case uh two of those guys go down it's like holy cow nebraska's having to rely on ernest hausman and and Ateva maga clements so 
I'm not necessarily sure that it's it's lack of depth. I think it's lack of production because Nebraska's good at outside linebacker despite losing Feldarius Payne. You have Javen Wright who can kind of switch back and forth between nickel and outside linebacker. You have, uh, like I said, uh, Randolph Kapai can play a little bit of both if he's ready. Blaze Gunderson and Jamari Butler, Mickey Joseph was just asked about them today, have made significant progress in, in seeing the field. You remember it towards the back half of last season, especially in that Wisconsin game on the road, uh, Blaze Gunderson played quite a bit at that outside linebacker position. We're also not talking a whole lot about Caleb Tanner this year. Like, we, Caleb Tanner came into this thing as as one of the leaders on off or on defense, I should say, and he's been kind of quiet in in conversations. Mm-hmm. He's been out there. He's not injured. He's not anything like that. He's, he's been, just he's just been out there. He's been getting. He's kind of doing what um, O'Shawn Mathis is doing, where he's he's collecting tackles, but he's not getting to the quarterback, which as at an outside linebacker pass rushing spot is what everybody's going to look at for him and, and, and expect for him to do. So he's out there causing causing havoc. If you watch a lot of plays that go to that, I believe he's on the right side. Um, if you're looking from the offensive side, he's mm-hmm. on the right side. He's causing havoc and getting in the way. He might not be getting tackles, but he's involved in a lot of plays. But again, he's not getting to the quarterback. He's not getting the sacks. So people aren't really noticing that he's out there, kind of like with O'Shawn Mathis, where he's getting a ton of tackles. He's playing really well in the run game, but the lack of production in getting to the quarterback is the one thing that people focus on. I would also add Nebraska uh, moved on from Will Honus over the offseason when he was able to play again, right? He he missed last year, but he was able to play again this season. Um, transferred to Kansas State. Transferred to Kansas State. They also have a freshman in Makai Gebeyer, um, that is an inside linebacker that has not played at all. They lost Wyndon Hohuli to the transfer portal as well before he even saw a snap. Uh, and, and so I think it's a lack of, once again, development in that linebacker room at that inside linebacker's position specifically because the Randolph Kapai could absolutely be a guy that you could uh, move into that that spot, but instead they decided to go to Ernest Hausman, yeah. which tells you something about that. They they decided to go to Ernest Hausman, who's a true freshman from Columbus, Nebraska, rather than a Randolph Kapai, a Chris Kalarvik, a a, a, a Tava Maga Clements at the time, because they wanted to get him game experience, and they eventually were forced mm-hmm. to burn his red shirt. It could be one of those things where they're looking towards the future, where you know he's a freshman, he's going to have he needs these game reps because next year, who knows, maybe he'll get thrown into that situation. Whereas Chris Kalarovich and Edevin Malka Clements are both seniors. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they have another year. You know, with the whole COVID thing. If they have, if they're true seniors, if they're COVID juniors, or however that works. But they've been in the program for a decent amount of time, so. I would expect them to maybe not be around next season with Nebraska, so they're trying to get Ernest Hausman ready to maybe take over one of those more important roles for that middle linebacker spot. And then it could be another thing between him and Randy where he is more physically ready, whereas Randy might understand Randolph, I don't, Randy Randolph Kapai might understand the game more because he's been here for for a year longer than Ernest Hausman, but physically maybe he's not ready for all the wear and tear that comes with being the middle linebacker for Nebraska in the Big Ten. Yeah, so I I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see kind of how um, Nebraska navigates this. And and a couple – I mean, you, there's the, the guys that are kind of on the reserves. Garrett Snodgrass, the guy from York a couple years ago, is, is in that room still. Um, but – now they've kind of moved Blaze and Jamari Butler to kind of that edge or outside linebacker, the same position that Caleb Tanner is. 
same position that O'Shawn Mathis is in. Um, Jake Applegate, the the Lincoln freshman from Lincoln Southeast, is in that in that category as well on that edge. You've got a so, lot of bodies in the linebacker room, but when it comes to middle linebacker, it seems as if they've moved a lot of guys more towards the outside. And when it comes to middle linebacker, it's a lot of youth and inexperience. Yeah, so we'll see. I, but that, that's a really interesting question and and conversation, John. Because and, and thanks for the call because. I guess we, when we talk about lack of development, we haven't thought about the linebacker room, for I example. Like that, I feel like that'd be a good question to ask Jay. Yeah, it would be. I mean, because in this situation where Luke Reimer and Nick Henrich were just kind of always there when we when they go down, and, and, and Luke Reimer's 100%, he's good to go. Mickey Joseph confirmed that today. So we'll have Luke Reimer back on Saturday against Illinois, but... Now it's like after Chris Kalarvik, you turn to Ataba Maga Clements, who played a lot against Purdue. Was was needed to play a lot against Purdue, but didn't have. I mean, didn't have a, a fantastic game by all means. Uh, same with Ernest Hausman. I mean, there's just growing pains there. I so said nobody in that middle linebacker crew had the greatest game against Purdue. Yeah, and, and maybe maybe and somebody says this on the text line. It's poor recruiting more than anything. Um, I suppose so. You're getting into that conversation where you can. Same as offensive line, where it's it's was it bad recruiting or bad development once they got here, mm-hmm. and and with the linebackers, was it bringing in the they wrong brought people? in a lot of they brought in a lot of of top ed, top level recruits. Wyndon Hohuli was a high four star that they snuck in on at the last moment, and and he played in the Polynesian Bowl. I remember correctly, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly, and they got his commitment out of Hawaii. A big reason was Tony Tuioti, who ended up leaving for for Oregon during the off season. But they were able to go into Hawaii and get a guy uh, like Wyndon Hohuli. And unfortunately, he transfers out, goes back to, I believe, Hawaii is where he transferred to. I'll find out. So, it, like, it's just th- guys that are not working out. Blaze Gunnarsson was the four-star. Ateva Maga Clements, as Rico said earlier, was a priority out of the JUCO ranks. Um, Ernest Hausman was a three-star from the state of Nebraska. There now, now, don't get it twisted with... Um and they they were they followed up the same texture says it doesn't matter it's the coach's job to do either one of the things you're talking about and you're 100 percent correct he's at Hawaii so he is at Hawaii and and you're 100 percent correct and I guess a conversation could go and I don't want to single out players um so I, I don't want to name them specifically but you look at at not even just linebacker there are a couple names at linebacker but there are a couple names throughout the entire roster where you look and say. Was that really a good idea to kind of put all your your chips into that basket, or all you know, all your all your effort into recruiting that guy if he wasn't going to help you necessarily in the first two or three years when you know you needed a quick turnaround? Mm-hmm. Could you have gotten something better? The evaluation uh, spot or evaluation part of it is definitely in question, and with with the previous guys in charge. And to be fair. Barrett Root is still the linebackers coach. Like he he's he's been there all all four and four and a half years or so. He's still there, and and so I guess you can point to that and, and talk about that um, to a certain extent as well as Mike Dawson as well as Eric Shenander at the time. But you know, was it really worth it? Um, did you get the best players you could to help you out sooner rather than later when you know you needed a quick turnaround? And I, I I think there's a couple of guys, especially in that linebacker room as well, that you may. Scratch your head a little bit and go. Mm, I'm not sure if, I don't if, know that, if that guy's was, if that ready was the to the right go to. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's nothing against some of the guys from smaller towns and in some states that aren't necessarily known for the uh, best high school football landscape. But you know, when when it doesn't work out, and now we're we're scratching our heads 
you know, two or three years later after they've been in the program for a couple of years and they haven't even sniffed the depth chart, that's when it that's mm-hmm. when those those conversations arise, especially when you're losing games quite a bit. So I think it's a little a little frustrating as well when we kind of look back. I mean, we were I was just talking this about uh, talking to. Oh, I can't remember who I was talking to about it um, <laughs> at the press conference. Like, I'm surprised Javen Wright hasn't seen the field more. That is one that I'm confused about. You see him on special teams. He's on that punt return unit trying to block punts. Um, I don't know what other units he's on, but I know he's he's playing special teams primarily, but he's listed as the third nickel guy on the depth chart, mm-hmm. which a, a guy with his size, length, and athleticism, you would think you'd find a way to get him on the field in some capacity. Um, I don't know if it's still him getting back into game shape after m- missing – a yeah. lot of time with with um, the situation that he had. I don't know if that was public. So I don't know if I. I don't remember. Whatever, whatever situation he had, um, that he was missing so much time and not be able to practice. So maybe he's getting back into game shape. Um, maybe he's still learning the defense. I, I don't know, but that's a guy that I would like to see more on the field. Well, so Waterboy asked, "Who was the dude we stole from Florida State?" It was it was Keyshawn Green, and he was a uh, he was a four star linebacker once again. He transferred um, before the season, before right? the season because Hokuli got here. redshirted the twenty one season. Yep, and then left. Then left. So Scott said, brings this point up: four zero two four six four five six eight five Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Starter Hammond text line, and, and Bob's waiting patiently. So we'll get to Bob here in a moment. Um, Scott says this, you guys always talk about development. Have you forgotten that 2020 and 2021, basically the kids had no practice and were waiting in limbo if they were even going to play or not, and you couldn't even have a recruit on campus. Not many kids are coming to Nebraska without seeing it. What I, My response to that... Malcolm Hartsog committed sight unseen. Well, no, 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 it's not even that. It's the everybody had had to play by the same rules. Everybody went through it, except for Arizona State. Except for Arizona State, <laughs> and I'm not saying Nebraska like we should. That should just always be the blanket statement and blanket excuse of well, everybody went through it. Like I get, I get that it was frustrating and hard times. No, that could be the blanket statement. Because but I think it's, wants I think to it's use that as an excuse when everybody went through it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how down in the dumps you were. Everybody had to go through it. Nobody was able to practice. Mm-hmm. Nobody was able to do anything. It's not like they there were people practicing in secret. And if they were, guess what? They got in trouble for it. it well, so, so yeah, so you're right. ev- it doesn't matter. Like Northwestern had to go through it. I mean, they're still bad. I- Illinois had to go through it. Indiana had to go through it. Minnesota, North Purdue, like all of these schools had to go through it without practicing, without recruits seeing the seeing campus. Without anybody coming mm-hmm. on, everybody still did their recruiting. Everybody still went through and got practicing when they were able to and played that season and are now some of those teams are having success. Some of those teams aren't having success. The thing with Nebraska is they weren't having success before. They weren't having success after. So that one season of not being able to see campus, not being able to do you know whatever, happened to everyone. I don't care who you are. Everybody had to go through it. So trying to use that as an excuse for one school, I don't I'm I'm not gonna get on the same page as you on that well, one. I, I think also, I mean, let's be real, uh, making of a, a, a good coach now a, a difference between and we we've said it multiple times, difference between the a decent head coach and a great head coach or, or even just a good head coach is the ability to make adjustments and work with what you got. Whether that's on the small scale of drive-to-drive within a game, quarter-to-quarter, half-to-half, right? Halftime adjustments, or on a larger scale, season-to-season. And the ability to develop the guys that you have in the room and get the most out of your team 
whether they are great talents or whether they just have a great mentality, whether it's off the field problems, on the field problems, figuring out a way to get the most and maximum effort out of your guys week in and week out can account for some wins that talent can't, if that makes sense. Understanding and having confidence, having an identity, all those things that we talk about, they all play into a factor of this, in in my opinion. And so I I get it that Nebraska couldn't host recruits, and a big attraction for recruits is seeing Nebraska's spring game be sold out every single year, is seeing Nebraska draw 79 or 85,000 fans for a game against North Dakota. I get that, and that's great tool, but everybody unfortunately had to go through it. Also, if you paid attention to the recruiting cycle, there were, I don't know if plenty is the word, but there were a number of recruits that, not unofficial visits, but paid for their own plane tickets with their parents and came and just walked around campus. Now a lot of now uh, we have to be we have to be fair. Some athletes aren't able to do yeah. that. Yeah, like they aren't financially able to do that. So we have to we have to take that into account. Um, I just think that that could be a cop out at times to say Nebraska couldn't host recruits, so their evaluation shouldn't have been. Kansas State couldn't host recruits. Well, no, no. I think part of it also is we found Kansas w- couldn't host recruits. We figured out ways to evaluate guys through film and through FaceTime and Zoom and Skype and all these. I, I understand it's not the same as being able to go see a guy in person, and that's fine. But the guys that did come decide to come to Nebraska. If anything, you should have been more selective about it because you should have wanted to vet your guys even more, vet the recruits even more to make sure they were good fits because you couldn't um, you couldn't afford to lose guys in those cycles. But also you had the backup of, well, they get a COVID year. The guys that are currently here that we know are in the room Another year get a COVID year. Another year. So that's going to be okay if we put a little bit more of our eggs into our basket um, today, or, or for these guys recruiting, because we will be able to have another year, an extra year, if Cam Taylor Britt comes back, if Deontay Williams comes back, Cam Jurgens comes back, Colin Miller if he's still available, but then he had a bad injury. Like yeah, that one sucked. That one was bad. Like so, that would have you, you that, had that would have been a massive. Person it would have been. To, that would have been a massive person to get back. So it's, I, I think it's just when we look when we talk about these last five years or so, um, you you can include the whole COVID situation and and everything. Unfortunately. In the Big Ten West, at times, scheme, coaching, development, mentality are more important than talent. Because Nebraska, it's never been, once again, never been a case of Nebraska not having enough talent. It was, could they make the adjustments needed, the coaching staff included in this, make the adjustments needed from a, on, a, on a quarter-to-quarter basis? And time after time, we saw that the answer was no. And... So once again, it's not necessarily talent. It's all about mentality. Did you pay attention to the lines up front? Did you pay attention to the trenches? Did you establish a running game? Do you even have an identity? Do you know what you want to do on a week-to-week basis? And time and time again, we saw and we we experienced the realization that there was no identity. There were talks of an identity that never came to fruition. Yeah. 
Yeah. There was always the, well, we're going to do this. Go about and it. then come Saturday, that was thrown out the window and did not happen. Yeah, it goes back to the don't don't talk about it, be about it. Exactly. So it's just a frustrating thing. Let's go ahead and get to our first time out. Um, when we come back, we'll uh, test out some things. Sweet things by Marcy. We'll bring Bob on. We'll, we'll bring. Oh can, shoot! Yeah, we'll bring. Hang on. We'll bring Bob on um, one more time. I, I sorry, Bob. I, I forgot. He got um, on a roll. I was got on a go. roll. So I, I appreciate it. You. I appreciate you being patient, man. We'll try to get to you after the break. Uh, but we'll take a break. Happy hour on the ticket. Follow Nick and Enrique on Twitter at Nick underscore Sainert and at Radio Rico AC. More of Happy Hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.